You're listening to Africa's Business Rockstars podcast with Nefa Ahoy, a show that shares the stories of successful Africans in business and how they did it. It's our story told our way to inspire our people. This podcast is sponsored by IDS Consultant Ghana Limited, a company dedicated to supporting small and medium-sized enterprises with accounting and business advisory services at an affordable rate. Visit www.idsconsultantga.com to learn more. You're listening to Africa's Business Rockstars. My name is Nefa and I'm here again with yet another business tip which is focused on foreign companies and how to navigate business registration in Ghana. You know, at least a few times in the month, we get an email from foreign individuals who are thinking of setting up business operations in Ghana. Now, we all know the business registration terrain in Ghana is not as straightforward as one might want. And hence, this has necessitated a conversation around the various steps needed to register a business in Ghana. So this podcast focuses specifically on foreign entities and persons who want to set up operations in Ghana. And for this conversation, we have an esteemed lawyer in the person of Ikea Pokia Asafu Eje, who's going to break it down for you and I. Hello, Pokia, and welcome to Africa's Business Rockstars. Hi, Nefa, and thank you for having me. Hi, Pukia. This area of conversation is extremely important for us on Africa's Business Rockstars, and I'm sure for our foreign listeners as well. But could you elaborate on why this is such an important conversation? Um, yes, I agree that this is an important area that conversation ought to be had because you'd find that a lot of foreign businesses come and they struggle to navigate their way around registering their entity or even just doing business in Ghana or just simply how do we get around incorporating an entity in Ghana. Mm. So I think this conversation will be helpful to a lot of people. I totally agree. But let's start with the different types of foreign companies that we have in Ghana at the moment. Um, we have, if we say foreign companies, um, it, it's a bit um, ambiguous. Okay. Yes. So what you one would typically ask is, what, how does a foreign company register or work in Ghana through an entity. Okay. Uh So the foreign company may operate as a limited liability company. That's one. Mm. A foreign company may operate as an external company. That's two. Mm. And a foreign company may operate as a company limited by guarantee. That's Mm. three. Mm. Generally, just to break things down further, a company limited by shares is basically what we know as a limited liability company that operates in Ghana. So, mm. for instance, Coca-Cola's mm. subsidiary in Ghana is limited by shares. Okay. Right. Now, we have the external company, which others also refer to as branch. Okay. Now, these companies are generally seen as an extension of the parent company outside Ghana. Mm. So, they themselves are not independent of the parent. Mm. So that's the external company. They generally come here to do marketing or liaison, act as a liaison entity. Mm. Now, a limit company limited by guarantee is generally set up to perform non-for-profit businesses. Okay. So as opposed to the company limited by shares that is here to work to make profit, mm. the limited liability company would work when make some revenue, but then it doesn't share to its shareholders as profit. It's mm. it sort of puts it back in the business to run 
on a non-for-profit basis. So for instance, you'd have like a Red Cross. Mm. If a Red Cross is set up in Ghana, it will operate as a um, limited li- company limited by guarantee. Guarantee, not-for-profit. Okay. Um, yeah. But what would necessitate a foreign um, person or a company to choose either of these business forms that you've just explained to us? So it boils down primarily to your nature of business, what you do, mm. one, and what you intend to do in Ghana, mm. two. So if you're here to set up, let's say a subsidiary to run operations in Ghana, independent of the parent Mm. to make money and obviously um, repatriate the money to its shareholder Mm. outside the Ghana being outside Ghana being the parent entity, you would typically set up a limited liability company. If you are here to just as it were, have some form of office space and just survey the market Mm. to see if, well, can I set up here or do I do business in Ghana? You typically do an external company Mm. or a branch office to just sort of survey the terrain of doing business in Ghana. Right. And like, again, the non-for-profit, if you're here to do like some form of charity or some non-for-profit business in Ghana, you would set up a company limited by guarantee. So let's take a little bit on the external company. So assuming I come in and register as an external company and then later on, I want to be fully incorporated or vice versa, what happens then? So, you know, it is not easy to, as it were, sort of evolve from external company or it's not possible to Mm. evolve from external company to a limited liability company. Mm. What you may, you would have to do is either dissolve the external company and then incorporate a limited liability company. Okay. You can, as it were, say I'm moving from a stage one being a sound company and then I'm changing it to a limited liability company. Oh, I see. I see. I see. But it can be done, but it's not going to be as easy. Changing it? Yes. No, it can't be done. Oh, it can't. You have to dissolve it. Okay. Okay. Set up a, a limited liability company. Alternatively, people decide to just keep the external company for maybe various things. So maybe this arm will just do the marketing liaison site mm. for the parent. Mm. However, we'll set up a limited liability company to be independent of the parent to do its own business. Got it, yes. got it, got it. Are there limitations to um, adopting these business types? Yes. So let's take the external company, which mm. we still are on. So an external company, as I mentioned earlier, is not independent of the parent company outside Ghana. So it is, as it were, a, a sort of a division or a department of the parent company. So what it tends to do really is to act as a marketing or a liaison company for the parent. Okay. Now you can't do active business with an external company. You are only here to survey the market. Right. However, with a company limited by share, these entities are independent of the parent company. Mm. They come here to do business to earn profit, Mm. to repatriate it to the shareholder being the parent. Right. So they are independent. They have their board members. They have a shareholder. They take decisions and then they work in order to earn profits. Okay. The external company is not required to to do that. that. It cannot do that. Okay. However, you find out that there are some external companies who are reaching the law and are in fact doing business. Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. I see. Um, So you've been able to clearly tell us the difference between the two. And what are the steps or the processes to register? Let's start with external companies. The steps or processes to register as an external company. As an external company, you would typically require um, shareholders resolution from the parents because it's as if the parents have the board of the parents company would meet and say, well, we want to set up an external company in Ghana Mm. to do ABCD and E Mm. on our behalf. Mm. Now with the, 
board resolution ready, you would come and then you would complete the necessary documentations required mm. at the company's registry. Um, interestingly, the official fee for registering an external company is quoted in dollars. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so it's actually $1,200 mm. for registering an external company at the company's registry. When you're done with that, you are supposed to register with an entity called the GIPC, um, full name being the Ghana Investment Promotion Center. Okay. The GIPC is set up to, as it were, monitor operations of companies with a foreign shareholding. In okay. It. Even though external company is not a limited liability company that has a shareholder in Ghana, its shareholders outside Ghana and has a foreign influence. Exactly. In so you would register with the GIPC, but not pay minimum capital requirements. We'll talk about that when I move on to, when I discuss the limited liability company. Okay. But you only register and pay the registration fee, but you will not comply with minimum capital requirements. Okay. After that, you'd obviously be required to register with the tax authorities. Mm. So you'd have to do your GRA registration, mm. either being your corporate tax and also your VAT. Mm. Then if you're going to be engaged or employing Ghanaians or have employment, employees, sorry, not just Ghanaians, generally employees, you'll be required to register with SNIT mm. to pay the tier one pension contribution of the employees. Yeah. And then also register with the private pension scheme to pay the tier two right. pension contribution. Right. Then if you have an office, you would be required to register with the local authority. It's called the business operation permit. Mm. You're required to register with the local authority to obtain that permit to sort of set up your office yeah. in that, yeah. that authority. And then finally, you would also be required to register with the Data Protection Commission. The Data Protection Commission is set up to monitor or regulate data collection in Ghana. Every entity collect some data, right. either from employees, yeah. either from its customers. So you will be required to register that. That runs through all entities. Okay. Okay. Is this process different from the companies that want to register as foreign owned? Yes. Okay. So, so what's that process? Yes. Yes. So we've talked about the external company. Yeah. Now let's move on to the company limited by shares. Okay. With the company limited by shares, you again go to the company's registry to pick up necessary forms, complete and file. Uh, once you're done, then you move on to the Ghana Investment Promotion Center registration. Right. So the reason why you would go do the company's registration first is because you need the incorporation documentation to register with the Ghana Investment Promotion Center. Okay. So interesting, at the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, you must have complied mm. with minimum capital requirements. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting topic that I think listeners should pay attention to. For every entity that does business in Ghana and generates profit and has foreign shareholding, mm. that entity is required to register with, with the Ghana Investment Promotion Center. That's one. Mm -hmm. But also satisfy minimum capital requirements. Now, depending on your nature of business, mm. the minimum capital requirements would vary. Okay. So, for instance, for a company that is into services, right? The general services, let's say IDS. Mm. And let's say IDS is foreign-owned, mm. wholly foreign-owned. That entity is required to meet a minimum capital of 500,000 US dollars. Oh. Yes. And that money must be injected from outside Ghana into Ghana. Okay. But over what period though? 
Huh. Interestingly, you must have complied with the minimum capital before you proceed right. to do the registration right. and hence commence business. Right. So you should have that amount should, of amount. amount. Okay. Yes. Got it. Now this money, it shouldn't necessarily be physical cash. Okay. It could be cash or capital goods for companies that are undertaking services. Capital goods could be if you are maybe into a business of gambling. So the machines that you would use to undertake the business right. is what we would generally refer to as capital. So maybe your gambling machines, yeah. etc. to set up. So that's for a company that is undertaking services, which is wholly owned. Okay. Now, if you have a company that may, that will be undertaking services by in a joint venture with a Ghanaian, mm. the minimum capital reduces to 200,000 US dollars. Mm. Now, the question is, what will qualify as a joint venture? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. the joint venture is where the minimum the Ghanaian should own is 10%. Okay. The share. The shares. Okay. Yes. So if you have an entity where the foreigner owns, let's say, 90 8% and the Ghanaian owns 2%. Mm. It won't be deemed as a joint venture. You'll be considered as a wholly owned foreign entity right. and must meet right. 500,000. Right. Now, these two capital requirements that I've mentioned are for companies engaged in services. Okay. Now, if you're a company that's engaged in trading, trading generally means, according to GIPC, it's just buying and selling. Okay. You will require to meet a minimum capital of $1 million. And this is irrespective of whether there is Ghanaian shareholding Interesting. or foreign shareholding. <laughs> it's a whether the company is wholly owned yeah. by a foreigner or there's some Ghanaian Or there's part Ghanaian, Ghanaian ownership. Yeah. I think the idea really is to prevent buying and selling. Or they think, or I think the mindset was that they think Ghanaians can't do buying and selling. Exactly. Yes. So they want to sort of deter foreigners mm. from going into that mm. venture. But however, they want to encourage foreigners to come to undertake like services, which Ghanaians can generally benefit from, mm. from mm. learning. Like, so they can sort of transfer technology on how to maybe engage certain, undertake certain services. But buying and selling we can all do that. Right, right, right. So how does the government ensure that this minimum capital requirement has actually been reached? Because it sounds like huge amounts of money, mm -hmm. you know. So how is that verification done to ensure that really company A has actually met all these requirements of ours? Okay. So what one does is that after you have incorporated the company's registry, you'd proceed to open a bank account with any of the commercial banks. Okay. When you open your bank account, what you tend to do is you'd obviously... Either if you're bringing in cash, mm, mm. you'd bring the money. Or the foreign shareholder would inject the money into the business through the commercial bank. Right. So when the money hits the account, the commercial bank would seek what we call a capital confirmation. Okay. From Bank of Ghana, because the Bank of Ghana is a bank of ours in the know of all funds that are routed into each commercial bank. Okay. So they will give you this confirmatory letter mm. and that is what you would attach to your Ghana investment promotion application and okay. submit okay. to okay. see my money has come. Mm. And so please mm. register me. On the other hand, if you're bringing in the capital goods, right, it obviously be cleared at the port. So you'd receive the bill of lading, et cetera, mm -hmm. and some verification from the port authorities that says that indeed the value of the goods that came through is worth such and such amount. Right. So you would add all those documentation to your GIPC registration form, submit it, pay the necessary administrative GIPC fee, 
and then proceed to register. So these documentations alone, would you say is that's what um, serves as verification, verification for government? For okay. government, All right. yes. All so right. that's because it. Bank of Ghana will either verify or the port authorities would verify, GRE will verify the port and then to confirm that this person has indeed brought these goods with this amount or this cash has, has been brought in in favor of this company. So please proceed. Okay. Right. I'm sure our foreign um, listeners are wondering which agencies are relevant for registering, you know, foreign companies in Ghana? So from what we've discussed, mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about the company's registry. Mm-hmm. We've also mentioned the Ghana Investment Promotion yes, Center. Mm-hmm. You'd also need to obviously do your taxes, mm-hmm. uh, file taxes. Mm-hmm. So you need GRE, Ghana mm-hmm. Revenue Authority. If you'd be engaging employees, you need to register them for SNIT. And you also need to register them for the tier two pension scheme of the private pension um, entity. You would also need to go to the local authority if you're going to have an office space right. to set up and then the local authority would um, issue you with a business operating permit which is valid for a year so every year you renew okay and okay. then the data protection commission as well and they would also issue you with a data protection certificate yeah all right Nefa, there's also another important point mm-hmm. that most companies fail to avert their mind to it's only when they come in, engage maybe a lawyer or someone to assist them to set up. That's mm-hmm. when they realize that, oh, we need ought to comply with this. Most operations or most businesses are regulated within Ghana. Okay. So apart from complying with the tall list of agencies that I gave you, depending on the na- nature of business you're undertaking, mm-hmm. you're supposed to also register with the relevant regulator. So if you're into telecoms, likely you'd go to the National Communications Authority for registration. If it's banking, finance, Bank of Ghana. If it's upstream petroleum, petroleum commission, downstream petroleum, um, MPA, that's National Petroleum Authority. Okay. Uh, If it's medical facilities, there's also a medical facility regulatory body. So you realize that not only are you, these, the tall list which I initially gave, right, Mm. are the definite ones that you must comply with. However, depending on your nature of business, you must also comply with regulatory requirements Yeah, as well. So actually, before you brought in the additional agencies you need to register with, I was going to say this process sounds pretty simple, you know, but how long generally would you say the whole registration process actually takes? It depends on one, how accurate you are with your documentation. Okay. How soon you're able to provide the capital for okay. GIPC, et cetera. Okay. But let's take, for instance, incorporation. You could actually get incorporation done within two days. Okay. However, you, you have days where it may drag. Right. Because maybe there are some issues with printing at the company's registry. You may have some days where maybe some completion is inaccurate. Right. Some detail hasn't been added, right. et cetera. So there's some back and forth. GIPC tries to ensure that registration is done at most seven days after you've submitted all documentation, everything is is accurately been delivered. This is the best case scenario. However, there may be obviously days when things may not go as planned. You also have your GRA, VAT, which would also take from experience. Mm. It could take a week. Mm. There's been times Mm. when it's taking 30 days. Mm. So it also depends Depends. on who is assisting you with the incorporation process data protection, et cetera. So if I should sum it all together, mm. apart from the incorporation that ought to be done first, all other registration can be done concurrently. Okay. So you don't have to sit and do A and then tick the box and B. So after 
the incorporation documents are ready, you can proceed to do all other incorporations right, concurrently. Right, right, right. So let's assume I've done all of this. So right. I have all my documentation. I follow the process. Everything is done. I registered. What documents will I get as a foreign entity in Ghana? Okay. So for your incorporation from the company's registry, you would get certificate of incorporation. Okay. Under the new act, I understand there's no, we are no longer being issued with a certificate to commence business. Okay. Formerly we were getting, the companies were getting that. But as to whether it is in fact being practice or that's what the practice is on the ground. Mm. I am not sure mm. because I know last week somebody incorporated an entity and got both certificates. Okay. So you typically okay. get certificate to commence business, certificate to, of incorporation, incorporation yeah. form three, form four, and your regulation. Under the new act, we have a new company's act that, that has now changed the name, the concept of regulations to constitution. Mm. But as to whether in fact it's also being issued is also another thing. Okay. So, but typically these are the five documents you get from the company's registry. With the GIPC, you get a GIPC certificate. Okay. Okay. With your GRE registry, you get a VAT certificate and you'd also get evidence of having paid, you do like a, a preliminary payment of your corporate tax, mm. which will be set off mm. at the end of the year against. So you, you'd also get evidence of that. And then for the business operating, you get a business operating permit, which is issued to you. For the SNITS registration, you get SNITS um, registration certificate. For the data protection commission, you get data protection certificate okay. as well. So you'd be issued with various documents. All right, Pukia, so you've taken us through the various um, agencies and entities one needs to register with and the documentation that you can get. So roughly, what are the fees associated with registering with each of these um, entities? All right, so let's discuss the external company first. Okay, sure. So for external company, as I mentioned earlier, the official fees for the um, company's registry is $1,200. Okay. But you'd pay the Ghana City equivalent of it okay. on that day's prevailing exchange rate. Right. Then you'd register with GIPC. The official fee is 42,000 Ghana cities. Okay. The... Tax authorities don't charge a okay. fee for registering you for whether corporate tax and VAT. SNIT is also free. Mm. A local government registration that's a business operating permit will depend on your nature of business. Okay. So if you're doing oil and gas, you'd obviously be paying more than somebody who's into, let's say, trading mm. of mm. let's say household items. Right. Data protection registration maximum is 1,500 Ghana cities. Okay. So now let's move to a company limited by shares. With that registration for the company's registry, mm. a fee is about 350 Ghana cities. Okay. However, you are required to pay 0.5% of your status capital as what we call stamp duty, but it's usually it's capital duty. Okay. So you pay that as a tax. Okay. Now, if I state on my incorporation documents that my stated capital is a thousand cities, but no, I'm a foreign company. So my stated capital is, let's say, 500,000 right. USD, right. the Ghana city equivalent right. is what I will state. I'll pay 0.5% of that, that. Okay. as tax. Okay. Then... We move on to the GIPC. GIPC for foreign companies, the rates are as follows. If you were a joint venture, it's 10,500 Ghana cities. Mm-hmm. If you're a wholly owned foreign company, 
you would pay 16,800. Mm. If you were trading, you would pay 31,500 Ghana cities. Okay. All as administrative fee. Again, for GRA, VAT registration is free. That's free. Yeah. SNIT is free. Yeah. Local government, again, will also depend on your nature of business. Mm. Data protection maximum is 1,500. Mm. So in a nutshell, this, these are the fees that associated, associated with. with. But note that these are the fees as of today. Right. <laughs> they're, right. They're subject they're to change. They're subject to change. Obviously, yes. yes. So at this entire process, um, how does that link with the ability for a foreign individual to be able to work in Ghana? Right. So a foreign individual working in Ghana would need a work permit. Mm. Generally, work permits are issued by the Ghana Immigration Service. Okay. However, if you are a foreign company that has been duly registered with the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, mm. you can get what we call an automatic work permit. Okay. Right. This is by virtue of how much equity or capital you've injected into the business in Ghana. Okay. Right. So for instance, if you injected about between 50,000 to uh, no more than 250,000, you get a quota of one immigrant. Mm. So that immigrant will be given an automatic work permit. Mm. Okay. After mm. obviously going, completing the necessary forms, etc. Right. If you inject 250, but no more than 500,000, you're entitled to two Immigrants. Okay. If you injected a 500,000, but no more than 700,003, and more than 700,000, all these are US dollars. Okay. You get four people. Okay. So depending on how much equity you inject into the business in Ghana, you determine how many, how many people. Yes. Automatic okay. immigrant quotas you get. Is there a limit to the number of foreign people you can have, the foreign immigrant, the immigrants you have working in your company? Generally, yes. Okay. I mean, the idea is that you'd obviously need um, Ghanaians, More Ghanaians to provide the service. I mean, but then the flip side too is that if you're able to present a plausible argument to say, look, this service is so specialized mm. that mm. I can't seem to find the right people in Ghana to undertake the service, mm. then you can obviously bring the people. As to whether this is actually being done in practice. I GIS does some monitoring to say, no, I think secretarial service can be done by a Ghanaian. You don't need to bring a foreigner to do that. Yeah. Is, is a little dicey. A little dicey. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Yes. So by your definition, it seems like, oh, we would expect actually that all foreign traders in Ghana follow these processes that you've clearly laid out. In your opinion, would you say that's the case? To a large extent, yes. Okay. Actually, fantastic. because GIPC has been has been cracking the whip lately. Good. However, you'd also find people finding ways and means like yeah. I say, to undertake business. Yeah. So for instance, instead of because a foreign entity or a foreign individual will not want to comply with the minimum capital, mm. that individual would say, would ask a Ghanaian to hold the shares on his behalf. Right. This, this is what we call fronting. Right. So we get a Ghanaian to front for him or her. Right. Right. So when that happens, right, the company is on the face value, looks like a Ghanaian, Ghanaian. wholly owned Ghanaian company. <laughs> right. But right. then you, that person is actually holding the shares on behalf of a foreign company. Right. If, or a foreign individual. Interestingly, the New Companies Act has brought in place certain measures to curb this, okay. where you're required to write all beneficial owners of the shares. Okay. Mm-hmm. The question now is, if I don't write this, what would, how would the yeah, how would registrar you know? know? Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, you, they wouldn't know. But then if your commercial bank monitors you and realizes that, well, 
this company keeps repatriating yeah. money outside of yeah. Ghana. You see, then it sort of says, why would they? Because the shareholder is Ghanaian right. and is in Ghana. Right. So why are they repatriating money? If it's not for service fees or it's not to purchase an item, why are they repatriating money? Right. And that's when you will be caught up. But the question is, are we really doing that monitoring? Yeah. Do, do all your banks have that, that time to yeah. sort of yeah. monitor you? Yeah. Which brings me to my last and final question, actually. So in your opinion, what do you suggest we can do to sort of close these loopholes? I think it's more... I know GIPC goes round to sort of engage the companies and that's, I know they're doing that actively lately, but the thing is also getting the banks involved. Okay. I know they've gotten GRE on board. They've gotten the commercial banks involved to okay. sort of monitor accounts and to see if, well, this person repatriating this funds, ask more questions mm. as to mm. why are you repatriating funds? If on your account opening documentation, yeah. you said you're wholly owned. Yeah. And your directors are all Ghanaian. Why, why are you sending the money? And what's for the what's the purpose? I know that banks do that lately. Yeah. So I think it's more monitoring because if you're going to set out the laws, people would indeed find loopholes that yeah. they have. Yeah. But the monitoring should be on point and you should, as it were, try and seal these loopholes to ensure that, well, the funds remain in Ghana right. and are used for national development. Right. Basically. Pukia, you know, it, it sounds all rosy and as though all our processes are being followed to the T. But, you know, recently we learned in the media, for instance, about the squabble between Ghanaians and Nigerians in line of this same conversation about foreigners owning companies in Ghana. So just elaborate a little bit on that for us to understand. You would realize that the squabbles as a result of foreign individuals really setting up or operating within spaces reserved for Ghanaians. Right. Under the GIPC Act, there are some services that can only be undertaken by Ghanaians, mm -hmm. so Ghanaian citizens mm. only. Now, these include provision of services in the markets, mm. petty trading or hawking, selling of goods in stores. Mm. However, if you go to Makola today, of you'll course. find a Chinese selling. Yeah. I, have, I have seen it yeah. myself. Okay. You'd find people in Abusu Kain. Yeah who are Nigerians, yeah. you know, selling spare parts in stalls. Mm. And so we can, so it's, you realize that it's that thing. Mm. Ghanaians are believe that, look, this is what is reserved for us. Let us just do our business right. and also focus on what you are, you are allowed to do. However, people are crossing or you find foreigners doing these things. And that's, that's a major loophole mm. that government needs to sort of stamp its foot, mm. you, you know, because otherwise you'd realize that they have more of like a competitive edge. Because if you're Chinese and you're importing these goods, maybe your cousin is a manufacturer in China yeah. and you are the retailer in Ghana. In, in it's obviously easier it's for you. It's easier for you yeah. as opposed to a Ghanaian who now has to go, has issues with the language now then has to just negotiate, buy, import, etc. So I think that's a major, major, major loophole that government needs to take action on. Other services, since we are mentioning this, other services that are wholly reserved for Ghanaians are beauty salons, uh, barbershops, mm. um, retail of finished pharmaceutical products, production and supply of sachet water, operating a taxi, or, or car hiring services that has a fleet of less than 25 vehicles. Mm. So if a car hiring service company has less than 25 vehicles and has foreign shareholding, they are breaching the law. Oh, So basically, uh, also another, another major thing is printing of recharge scratch cards yeah. for subscribers of telco services is reserved for Ghanaians only. 
Just to reiterate, these areas are reserved for Ghanaians. Government or GIPC should take steps, active steps, to ensure or protect the Ghanaian citizenry from foreign invasion. Ekia Bukia Asafu AJA has been our guest today on Africa's Business Rockstars. She has taken us through navigating business registration in Ghana for foreign companies. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation with her. And Pukia, thank you so much for being our guest on today's show. Thank you so much for having me, <laughs> yeah. Nefa. Oh, before we go, remember to follow all our social media pages on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Africa's Business Rockstars. And for our listeners who may be interested in local company registrations for Ghanaian nationals, Ideas Consulting Ghana Limited has useful posts on the steps needed to do this. So be sure to visit the website www.idsconsultinggh.com and click on the blog tab. You can thank me later. I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.